Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to fellowship you. Father, we pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father, and we pray that you watch over your word to perform it, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so this bus had 10 ugly people on it, and they went, the truck driver went across the center line, and all 10 of them died. And so they got to God, and God said, hey, look, it's been a mistake. You weren't supposed to die. I'm sorry. So we're going to put you back, and we're going to grant you one wish each. So the first person stood there and hemmed and hauled for just a second and said, I, I don't want to be ugly. If I go back, I want to be gorgeous. And God said, okay, gorgeous. Number two, I, I, I want to be beautiful. Number three, I want to be beautiful. And the guy in the back starts giggling. And God kind of looks around the corner like, wonder what he's thinking. He gets back, yes. So nine in a row, I want to be beautiful. And by the time they get to the guy in the back, he is laughing. He can't hardly control himself. And he says, is something funny? He said, sure is. I wish they're all ugly again. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> all right, so what we're going to talk about today is being led by the Spirit. Actually, we're not. We're going to talk about the desire to be led by the Spirit. See, when we, when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us and becomes our internal compass. Um, but I don't know if you've ever done this before. You know, like if you go out on the lake fishing and you refuse to look at the compass or the GPS, you can still drive wherever you want to, whether it's in a good direction or a bad direction, right? You have to use the instruments to make sure that you're being safe. In fact, I was trying to clean up my boat earlier this spring in my um, depth finder wouldn't work and you know where my granddad and my dad and all of those folks probably ran that lake hundreds of times without anything times have changed I won't do it I won't run without a GPS there's too many sunken islands and, and trees and stumps and cuts and the lake has changed and I just won't do it I have to have that GPS that God positioning I mean a global positioning system telling me exactly where I'm supposed to go and what we have on the inside of us is GPS, is that God positioning system that we have been built into us. Although a lot of us have either got cracked screens or it's unplugged or it's broke or it needs an update or we refuse to download the information necessary, right? You know, my, my GPS has a slot in it where you can download the new up-to-date maps and plug it in and it shows you all the brand new stuff, right? If the river changes, if the water level changes, all of that's in there. But if you don't update it and you're looking at the version from 10 or 20 years ago, there might be things that have changed, right? Sandbars that have developed, trees, whatever. But it's interesting that when we have this uh, God positioning system put in us, the Holy Spirit put in us, it also needs updating, right? When we renew our mind, it, it helps us update to understand what God's wanting us to do and God, we're putting us where God wants us to be. So if you will, turn with me, and I pulled a tab out of my Bible. I pray that I can find all my scripture this morning without looking like a dummy. But to start off with is Psalms 143. <clears throat> um, and this is a Psalm of David, and I'm going to start with verse 7. Answer with me, well, the first verse says, Lord, hear my prayer, right? And then he talks about all kinds of stuff. But in 7, he says, answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down into the pit. 
Let the morning bring me your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. For show me the way I go, and I will entrust my life. Rescue from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Then may your good spirit lead me on level ground. That's the prayer, right? That is the prayer to, to, for God to teach us who we're supposed to be and to lead us to where he wants us to be led. Now, I'm just going to tell you, this is a tough sermon to preach, but that is not always roses and in, in, in level ground, right? Sometimes we go through stuff in our lives and it doesn't seem like it should be happening, but it has a purpose, right? Sometimes just to grow us up, sometimes just to put us in a better situation. And I, I want to use a really good example of that. And if you, I mean, I've read this a bunch of times, and I don't know that I've ever paid it enough attention to understand. But if you will, turn with me to Gospel according to Matthew. Verse, I mean, chapter 4, verse 1. And then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I'm sorry, who brought him into this wilderness? Oh, the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, I believe in this particular instance where Jesus is being tempted by, in, by the devil is because there was a, no point in time could you say, well, you don't understand. Yes, Jesus was blameless and sinless, but he didn't live in the same world we lived in. He wasn't tempted the way we've tempted, right? He didn't have cell phones and internet and all the craziness that we have, the substances and, and the things and the ideas but really, what he was tempted with was with the power of the entire world, right? Satan showed him all of, the, all of the governments in the world and said, if you worship me, you can have all of it, right? So I believe that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the desert, right, to where he could fulfill the be stand against all of these temptations. Now, if, if you look at this, Matthew chapter 4, this is, this is very early in Jesus' ministerial life, right? This is not after he was weathered and, and, and had all of the in-person knowledge of what's going on and watch people go through stuff, right? He was still a green bean, as they would say, right? He just starting out. <clears throat> and what happens is, is it's kind of a double-edged sword. And, and I'm going to tie all this back together in a minute. Y'all just got to give me a second. But it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because what we have a lot of times is our own personal knowledge our personal experience and our personal wisdom that we rely on a bunch. And sometimes we make decisions and exclude God from them. We've been working on this house, and we got a project house we're working on, and it is bad, man. It is one of the worst houses I've ever been in, top three. It smells horrible. It's, it's bad. And we have been working on it as a group, and it's, it's kind of a, a weird group, but it's all of us kind of working together. And my name gets called a bunch because I'm, you know, I go and do stuff or whatever. And, and we were working on something and Sally called me over there to look at it. And I saw it and I just started tearing it apart. And Keller stood back for just a second and said, Uncle Robbie, how do you always know exactly what to do? And I said, well, Bubba, this ain't the first trashy house I ever worked in in my life. I've been doing this a long time. I mean, I started working for Uncle Chip in 1989 when Hugo hit and started working on this construction crew a long time ago. I've seen some stuff. I done tore plenty of stuff up. I done built stuff backwards and wrong. And, and, but, but I have that personal experience, right? I have that, I know how to tear stuff up and put it back. I know what it's supposed to look like. And, and most of the stuff in this house 
was not how it's supposed to look like, but we were getting there. We were working on it. But then I thought about this message. Uh, how do you know what to do all the time? See, Proverbs says that we should lean not on our own understanding. Y'all know that? Uh, um, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own... In English. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. See, what we do as, especially as mature Christians, is we kind of get into cruise control. We kind of get to the place to where, do I really need to pray about this? I mean, I know what God's Word says, and I know about what He wants me to do in life, and I'm sure I'm doing it right. That's a trap. Because we start leaning on our own understanding It's like, when you start leaning on your own understanding, it's like being the dumbest person in the room. The only person that doesn't know you're the dumbest person in the room is you. Everybody else knows, right? When we lean on our own understanding, we start making mistakes because we think we're doing right. We think we're going the way we're supposed to go. We think we're living life accordingly. But when we lean on our own understanding, we're easily moved away from where God wants us to be. So when we trust in God and we are led by the Spirit, it sets us apart, right? It, it, it moves us away from the world's method of doing things. That God positioning system says, hey, don't go that way. Well, I've done went that way a hundred times. Well, don't go that way. Why not? Because something bad's going on or something you're not supposed to see is over there. And we, when we get into the place to where y'all ever had one of those instances, my granddaddy used to talk about, that's a good example, about how he was working on the spillway at the farm one time and had a backhoe. And it was a dead tree. And he said, almost audibly, God said, don't touch that tree. And he said, well, I'm not going to hit it hard. I'm just going to touch it. And what happened? The tree rang down over his head. Why? Why was he in a situation that hear God's voice, and to directly disobey it. Was he leaning on his own understanding? Oh, absolutely. He was leaning on his own understanding. He knew if you just press against it slowly, it'll fall the other way. Do exactly what he wants to do. But the Spirit, and that's what we do. We know that, well, if I go to work and I do this and I do that and I save my money and I do that, then I'm going to do exactly what God wants me to do. Ain't that right, God? Good. I'm glad you agree. Because that's how we make a lot of decisions. We go, well, we're going to do this, this, and that. Well, did you pray about it? Sure, I prayed about it. Re really? Did you seek God's wisdom in this? Because sometimes, sometimes, we think, well, I know what I'm supposed to do. Right? I mean, <laughs> my family especially, right, and I'm very, very, who, who in here wants somebody to tell them what to do? No? Most folks don't like people to tell them what to do, right? They want to do whatever the heck they want to do. We don't want to be told what to do. We want to do exactly what we want to do. So when we submit ourselves to God and we don't get exactly what we want, what happens? We pout. Are we leaning on our own understanding? You betcha. But how many times are we walking into a trap 
that we could have easily avoided if we'd have just listened to what God said to start off with. What happens is we get all the way into the middle of the problem that we avoided all of the red flags coming here, that we did not pray and seek God's wisdom for, that we have put ourselves in the baddest situation we could possibly be in and go, God, why did you leave me and forsake me? Well, how did I get here? And God's standing back there where he told you not to go and said, I told you to stop here. If you'd have stopped here, you'd have never been there. You know how many of those things are avoidable in our lives? So, when we are led by the Spirit of God, it says that we are the children of God. That's, that's who we are. That's, that's how we are connected to the Father. But the problem is, is we refuse to be led by God because I don't want to be told what to do. That I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat and go wherever I want to go. How many of you know that that is not a good outlook on life? It's not. Discipline in our lives is important. And when we seek God's word and we seek God's wisdom in the decisions we make, a lot of times the things that we are going to cry and pray about and ask God to get us out of was easily avoided. Easily avoided, right? All right, so if you will, turn with me to the book of Romans. <clears throat> Chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. You ever been, you ever had a, we'll just say teenage girl because I don't know why, that's just a good example for me. You ever had a teenage girl and, and, and they have this problem and then you know the answer and you try to tell them and they go, you don't understand. And then you tell them again, no, I promise this is the way. And then they go, you don't understand. For, for example, Savannah, yeah, I know. Savannah and Carolina are, are signing up for their classes at, at, at college, right? I, I graduated from college. I, I also signed up for classes at college. And Savannah decided this week, there is no way that I can avoid this class. It's impossible. And I'm saying, Savannah, it's, it's, it's not. You, 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 can, you can call all the people and we can change this. You don't understand. No, no, I, I do understand. I understand that that's what they have you signed up for. I understand that she's also going to be mad at me after I finish telling this story. But that's okay, too. It's a good example. We both got very angry. Me more than her. Because I'm like, look, I done done it. I've been there. I did that. I beat the system. I graduated. I probably shouldn't have. But somehow, miraculously, by the grace of God, I beat the system. I beat it. They gave me a ring. I told you all that story before, right? I, I walked on December the 8th, I think, in 1998 and went through the whole thing, and I graduated from college, right? That's fine. Um, and about December the 17th or 18th or 19th and 98, I come flying downstairs one day and told Mama, I graduated from college. And she said, son, I know we 
went to the graduation two weeks ago. I'm like, no, 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 no. I actually passed all the classes. They're going to let me have that diploma. That happened today. I know we celebrated it the other day, but today I found out that Dinah Long actually gave me a B in that class and I graduated, right? But Savannah was on her own understanding. No experience, no guidance, right? And that's how we are with God sometimes, that we're, we're faced with something that we've never seen before. Something that's new to us. Some big decision that has to be made. And God will start speaking to us and go, hey, we need to do this. And you go, no, God, we can't do it like that. That's dumb. We need to do it like this. That's not the way I want it to work. I want it to work like this. I want to have it exactly like I want it. Well, that's not how it works. When we are led by the Spirit of God, things that come up and things that arise, it, is there anything new to God? He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's been there since the world was formed. He'll be here after the world is destroyed. Is there anything new to God? Is any of my problems big enough to be worried? You think God is sitting up at night going, man, if I can just get Robbie through the next three weeks, I, I, you know, I sure hope we can make it work. You think he's worried about that? No. So who's worried about the next three weeks? Why? Because we're leaning on our own understanding. Sometimes we have things in our life that we're not sure how this is going to work out. But when we're led by the Spirit and we pray and we ask God for guidance, it might not turn out the way you want it to. But he, my Bible says that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. So when we are really led by the Spirit, what are we worried about? You think Jesus was worried about going into the desert? I mean, on a human stance, maybe, but on a spiritual stance, no. Because that's what was in front of him. So when we're led by the Spirit, whether it's a big problem or a little problem or or, you know, we worried about what college classes we're signing up to or whether or not my kids are ever going to come home on the weekend or whatever your concern is over the next couple of months. I mean, I'm sure you all have your own. Whether we can pay our bills or whether our job's going to work out or whether gas is going to get to $12 a gallon or not. I mean, you know, there's real world problems. But the truth is, as Christians, as children of God, we should rely on the Spirit of God to lead us and direct us and counsel us and teach us. And the Bible says that we, you know, we, we get closer to God and we're by renewing our mind. And faith comes by hearing and hearing about the word of God, right? We have responsibility on our side of the equation. But a lot of our problems are avoided if we're obedient, right? It's tough to be obedient. It's tough to not do it exactly like you want to do it. I mean, look, <laughs> if I had my choice about 10 meals a week, I would eat a ribeye steak and a lobster tail and a big old cup of ice cream after I got done. That would be my choice, right? It would a thing of French fries or some kind of potatoes of some sort, right? Red meat and potatoes and then red meat and potatoes and then red meat. But what happens if I live according to my flesh? Is that healthy for me? No, I start getting more and more and my suit won't fit no more, that's for sure, right? But that's what I want. 
And I know it sounds funny to adults, right? Because y'all all live in the same world. You know you have to have discipline in what you can and can't eat. But little kids, right, they want rainbow sprinkles on their ice cream at every meal, and they want to just eat dessert or chips and snacks, and you go, yeah, I know, but, but it'll get better. But do they? I know adults that don't make good decisions. But when we lean on our own understanding and we fire, follow the desires of our flesh, and just talking about eating food is easy an easy example, right? Because everybody in here understands that what happens if you just eat your favorite meal, whether it's pasta or whatever, every meal of every day. Oh, you, probably one, you would get tired of it. And two, you would probably put on at least a couple of pounds, right? That's an easy example. But what happens if you follow your desires on everything else? That you, whatever it is, you pick yours. What, what happens if I hunt seven days a week? Am I, am I, <laughs> Philip? Am I a good father? Nope. Am I a good spouse? Nope. Am I a good employee? Nope. Right? I mean, but that, that's what happens is you can't just do what you want to do. And I'm not talking about the social constructs of people would think bad of you if you hunted seven days a week. I'm talking about that you have responsibilities. And we are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. And if we're going to be good Christians and led by the Spirit of God, then we should act accordingly. You know, people say, well, I have free speech. I can say whatever I want. Mm, you get punched in the face for it, too. It happens. We are not free to just do whatever we want to do, however our little hearts desire. That's not how this works. You just don't go and come and do whatever. Now, in the same chapter, in the same scripture, it talks about that if we are subjected to the Spirit of God, that we are free from the law of sin and death, right? That's not the freedom I'm talking about. But we make personal choices daily, weekly, monthly, that affect who we are. I mean, you had a choice of whether you come to church this morning or not, right? Whether you wore the blue shirt or the black shirt or the green shirt or the pink shirt. Right? You had all of those choices. And those choices are good. But when we're making life choices and we're making decisions that affect us with our job, with our spouse, with who we're talking to, with who we're associating with, and what we're putting in our body and where we're going, we better be led by the Spirit of God. If you're lining up to marry, you know, <laughs> mama made us pray for a spouse our whole life. If you're lining up to marry somebody, you better be praying over that daily. Lord, please show me a sign. Because let me tell you something. I love Crystal, and she is absolutely my perfect mate. That don't mean marriage is easy. Michael and Linda's been married 53 years. Has it been easy? No. And y'all mate, I mean, y'all are friends, and you, you intentionally did this. <laughs> Sometimes he says. Well, what would happen if it wasn't? What would happen if, if Linda wasn't God sent? What would happen if your spouse wasn't God sent? You think it's hard now? You ought to try it when you're not listening to God. What happens if you're in a career that God didn't put you in? What happens if you're in a town God didn't put you in? I mean, it's life is tough by itself. But when we are led by the Spirit of God to be where God wants us to be, at least he says in Proverbs, I mean in Psalms, that the ground will be level, right? That we, that we can walk down the path level. 
Some of us is not listening to God, and we climb in the face of Everest trying to be just, well, did God, I'm being led by the Spirit. Well, he said take the um, elevator. Why, where, what are you doing? When we face decisions that we're making, we have to be led by the Spirit of God, and, and we have to have an introspective look of who we are. I mean, it, I'm going to tell you, preparing this sermon for the last couple of weeks, this has been going on for a little while, preparation-wise. It, it has been a very difficult thing for me to do to go, okay, I made this decision. Did I pray about that? Okay, I made this decision. Did God tell me that was, did I, was I led by that? Or did I just make that decision? I mean, like, <laughs> for example, my truck. I don't know if y'all know or not, but I had a 2013 F-250. I went, the air condition was jacked up. I went to the dealership, was waiting on the air condition to be fixed, walked outside. The truck I drive now had 7,000 miles on it, and I bought it. Did that decision, was that led by the Spirit of God? Nope. Mm-mm-mm. That was all Robbie. I didn't even consider it. And it was not until a couple of weeks later that I thought about, wow. I made a $70,000 decision just off the seat of my pants. That's not too bright. But some of us make those decisions repeatedly. And praise God, it, it has been a great truck, and it's worked out, and I paid all the payments, and then, you know, a couple more years, it'll be mine. And that's the way it works, right? But we can't just go blindly through life bowing to our flesh. That's not who we are. Verse 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If you, if you belong to the family of God and you're the children of God, it is your duty to be led by the Spirit of God. Our decision making should be led by the Spirit of God. Are we going to make a new investment? Well, I should pray about it. Are we going to change jobs? Well, I should pray about it. Well, I'm going to date somebody new. Well, I should pray about that too. Am I going to get married? Whoa, boy, you better be praying about it. <clears throat> you should be praying about how we raise our kids and how we talk and how we walk and how we act and what we look like in public. And look, it's not easy. It's not easy submitting yourself to God's will. Why? Because things happen sometimes that you don't care for. I mean, I can imagine that it was really, really Jesus' desire to go fast 40 days and, and then stay in the desert to be tempted of the devil. I can imagine that was a real fun time. Don't y'all think? Y'all want to join me? Let's fast for 40 days and go get... No. No. But sometimes we put in situations to where... What happens if we don't listen to where God puts us? How many things have we done? How many situations do we currently have going on that could have been avoided? If we'd have prayed about it, if we'd have waited on God, you know, whatever, the knee-jerk reaction of buying the truck or marrying the wrong person or whatever. You pick. <laughs> Pulling for the wrong team, right, Stephen? Pulling for the, you know, whatever. I mean, that's a life, that's a life misery choice. That's what that is. Pulling for the wrong team. But when we make the, those decisions, we should be praying about them. We should be meditating in God's word. We should be spending time with God in prayer. And, and listen, we, we end up with a, 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 a Chick-fil-A kind of prayer, right? 
We pull up to the window and say, all right, God, I need a good day. I want some money. I need my job to go right. I want everybody to be nice to me, and I want to have a great day. All right, cool, thanks. Amen. Y'all don't pray like that? Some of us do, right? We give God a shopping list of things that we need. All right, I need a new girlfriend, and I need a new house, and I need a new job, and my boss is a pain, and can you do something with him? I mean, that's how we pray, right? And then we, all right, got to go. Thanks, bye. You ever had a phone conversation and somebody called you and talked for a few minutes and said, all right, bye, and you had no response in the conversation? Well, that's how a lot of our prayer life looks. When God gets a shopping list and no time to answer. Wait, it, what? All right, good talk. I mean, that's what it looks like. We should be quiet and waiting in the presence of God. And my best, and, and, and goes back to Philip's amen a minute ago, my best is when I'm in the woods, when everything's quiet and still and calm, and I spend time praying, not for deer. I spend time praying and asking for guidance and, and asking for wisdom and asking God to tell me where he wants me to be, right? But you've got to find wherever that is. If it's in a deer stand and good for you, if it's somewhere else, you have to find a quiet place to where you can go to God and wait on him. If we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, I mean, sometimes it's, hey, don't touch that tree. But sometimes we have to sit and wait for it for just a minute, right? It's not immediate death, right? We need a little bit of time to process it and understand. Maybe it's on the beach. Maybe it's, you know, at daylight. Maybe it's at midnight. I don't know where you are or what you like best. Friday, I woke up about 430 and by about 7 o'clock, I had like seven things off my list scratched. The only problem is at some point in time in that, I cut grass before 7 o'clock. And Crystal was not real happy with me because apparently the lawnmower is not silent inside the house, although I thought it was. Right? But Friday morning, I spent a couple of hours, no technology, no nothing, just doing my task and praying and waiting on God. And I was just in the zone you got to find that. you got to find a place that where you can be led by the Spirit of God, to where you can hear God's voice and understand what your next tasks are. Because to be walking around blindly through life, making the best decisions you know how, is not a good plan. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you that it will go forth and it will not return void. Father, we just give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.